Last time on Dating My Rent Check. Just then it hits me. Where do employed men spend most of their day? Work. First and foremost, there'll be no employee-to-employee relationships. If I see it, you'll be terminated immediately. You just, you know what, you need to stay somewhere else tonight. I don't want to feel your presence in this apartment. Namaste. Hey, Michael, it's me, Ali, your employee. (laughs) Can I come over? The colder it is, the more you'll want to cuddle with me. Ali, say girl, it's me, Brandon. I should really get home. Wait, I can't. Why not? I, uh, do you know what aura photography is? But before I can explain, the door chimes. Oh, fuck. Chapter 7 Just as I finish off my fifth drink, Michael and Carla walk through the double doors. Shit, 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 shit. I slowly attempt to slide under the table, making as little noise as possible, but Brandon has to comment. Allie, Allie, what are you doing? Get up. Somebody give this girl some water. She's out of her goddamn mind. I've now caused a scene, and with all eyes on me, Michael and Carla spot me from the hostess stand. It's too late to escape. I'm caught. Allie, Michael says. What are you doing here? You're supposed to be sick. Of course, in Brandon fashion, Brandon chimes in. Uh, chill, brah. (gasps) Allie, do you know this dickhole? Dickhole? Michael says. Who are you calling a dickhole, dickhole? Guys, chill. I, uh, I I just, um, I started feeling better. Oh, yeah? That's very interesting, because one might think if a new employee was feeling better, they'd show up to work, especially on team bonding day. Fuck bonding lunch. I totally forgot. I really should have checked that Cal invite before picking a place to get day drunk. I, um... So you blew me off for another guy, Michael says. (laughs) Wow, Allie. So, like, do you like him more than me? I mean, I gave you a freaking key, for God's sake. Excuse me, Brandon says. Allie, are you living with this douche whistle? We literally fucked four days ago. What? Wait, rewind a second. You two's are living together? You know I have a strict policy against company canoodling, and yet you very deliberately went against my wishes. Wow. Well, Micah, you're fired. Wait, what? No, no, no. It's my fault. Fire me. It's my fault. (laughs) Well, of course you're fired, sweetie. Wait, you thought... You thought that I was gonna... Yeah, I, I get it, Carla. You know what, Allie? Michael says, grabbing his key from the table. I'm taking my key back. We're over. Brandon gets up from the table, tossing a hundred down for the bill. Yeah, honestly, Allie, I need time to think things over. And just like that, Carla, Brandon, and Michael all leave the restaurant, awkwardly searching for different doors to take. I think I really messed up. Chapter 8. I quietly sneak down the hall towards the front door of my apartment. The problem with having a roommate that works from home is that when you owe her a lot of money, subsequently causing her to kick you out of your own apartment, It's difficult to sneak back in, but when I open the door, the apartment is anything but quiet. Uh, yes? Release your energy inside me! Oh. Oh my god. I quickly run to my room and grab a pair of noise-canceling headphones, just when I thought this living situation couldn't get any worse. Uh. I've got to get out of here. I open my phone to find music, a podcast, anything to drown out the sound of Jessica's chakras being pounded out of her. 
when I notice that I still have my Craigslist app open. That gives me an idea. A very, very bad idea. I pull out a miniature bottle of Jack Daniels from my bedside table. I like to keep a few in there just in case the night cries happen. And I chug it. Then I open up my bookmark post to the one reading, I pay for dirty shoes. Once again, I find myself typing a sketchy Craigslist number into my phone. But I'm much more nervous this time. I've never really dated a kinky guy. Well, once in college I dated this guy who was really into Star Wars and would wear glow-in-the-dark condoms for a lightsaber effect, but I think he was just a nerd. This is uncharted territory. So I decide to text the number instead of call. Ease into the situation. Hey Greg, this is Ellie. I saw your ad. How much are you paying for shoes? Not a second later, I get a reply. Send pics. I look down at my dusty house shoes. That probably won't do. Unless it does. Do guys like this like gross-ass shoes or sexy ones? Are they in it for the smell or the look? Or maybe both. I snap a photo of my feet as is, then rummage through my closet for a pair of shoes that aren't flats. After working for a startup for two years, sexy pumps aren't exactly my day-to-day footwear. I pull a box labeled holiday shit from the top shelf of my closet, and a stack of books falls on my head. Shit, you aren't hurt, are you? I whisper to my most prized possession, a signed copy of Chrissy Teigen's cookbook. I put the book back on the shelf, out of harm's way, then focus my attention back to the task at hand. From the box, I pull a pair of red stilettos, the ones I wore for Halloween a few years back when I went as a sexy Taco Bell hot sauce packet. Here they are. I lean against my bed, squeezing on the cheap plastic shoes. Have my toes gotten longer? Then I send over the shots. Not two minutes later, I get a reply. Send the slippers. You can keep the cheap heels. Well, that was unnecessarily rude. But before I can kiss my shoes goodbye, another text comes in. $100 if you can get them to me by tomorrow. 2000 if you let me smell your feet in them in person. I am shook. Nervous energy starts to swell through my body. I should have never texted this guy. Because now I have to consider his offer. On one hand, this could end really, really badly. I've seen my share of murder documentaries. I know they start like this. On the other hand... 2K is enough to get me out of this living situation. And I desperately need to make moves. I decide to reply. I'll do it if there's no touching. Deal. Meet at my place tomorrow. Chapter 9. Where am I? I whisper to myself as I struggle to find Greg's address. But I know exactly where I am. I'm on the Upper East Side. I walk up to a gilded door, and the doorman lets me into the lobby of a building that looks more like a hotel than an apartment. Is this 351 East 84th? I ask the man dressed like one of those cymbal-playing monkey dolls. He nods and leads me to an elevator that apparently can't be operated without a keycard, which kind of worries me on account of the whole meeting up with the Craigslist stranger thing. What if there's no escape from literal murder? I rummage through my bag and take a Xanax. God, how far up are we going? You're going to Mr. Rockefeller's, right? Um, is that Greg? He nods. Then, yeah, I guess I'm going to see Mr. fucking Rockefeller. I can tell my cursing offends him. An awkward moment passes as we go up floor by floor, my ears starting to pop. Hey, um, I don't live here. I know. Yeah, um, so I don't live here, but I may need to use the elevator when my host is 
away. How do I do that? Just dial down to the front door for assistance, ma'am. Right. This place has a front desk. The elevator rolls to a stop and dings as we reach the top floor. He lives in the penthouse suite? Or at least murders people here? I step out into the hallway and turn back as the doors close. I call to the bellman. If you don't hear from me by tomorrow, call the police! What? But it's too late. It's just me and a giant marble-covered apartment. The faint sound of piano echoes across the apartment. Is that Annie? I follow the sound to a formal, and I mean formal, sitting room. Everything is gold. It looks like Donald Trump blew a giant load all over this room. The sun will come out tomorrow. Greg. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow. Greg. There'll be sun. Greg! Oh, you must be Allie. He says, flashing a million dollar smile. He probably paid close to that for his veneers. Greg is slightly above middle age, maybe in his late 50s, with salt and pepper hair that looks manufactured. It almost looks like he goes to the barber to individually select which strands he wants dyed white. He's wearing a business suit, which is strange because it's Saturday. I feel strangely underdressed for a Craigslist encounter. Hi, I I'm Allie, I say, extending my palm. But instead of shaking my hand, he bends to the floor. When's the last time you got a pedicure? Um... I don't know, like six months ago? Good. This is getting weird. I pull out my phone to buzz the door guy, but I see a text waiting on my phone. It's from my roommate. I know you came home last night. You crossed the line for the last time. Venmo Mark and I today, or I'm selling your stuff. Damn. Shit is hostile. I look back up at Greg, who's humming show tunes as he inspects mm -hmm. my feet. Guess I'm doing this. So, um, I have the slippers. How does this work? I can practically see him salivating as I pull the old shoes from my oversized bag. May I? He says, grabbing the shoes and taking a whiff. So stinky. Is that good? He ignores me. Put them on. <sighs> okay, Allie. If you can do this, you'll be financially independent for at least two weeks. I slip the shoes on, my unpainted toes peeking out of the tiny holes at the top of the slippers. It's exquisite. Cool, so um, when do I get the money? Money? That's a great idea. Greg pulls a wad of cash from his pocket, but before I can get excited, he throws the bills on the floor. Walk on it. What? Don't worry, this isn't yours. No, this is very, very much mine. Fuck my life. Fine, I'll walk on your money, then you'll pay me, right? But he ignores me once again, scattering bills across the floor. I can't believe I'm doing this. I extend my disgusting slipper onto a wad of bills, and the money slides against the marble flooring, taking me with it. My slipper shoots out from under me and into the fireplace. My shoe! Is the last thing I hear before I black out. Chapter 10 I wake up in a hospital room, and my first thought is, Fuck, I can't afford this. I rub my eyes and turn right to, ah! Greg is staring at me. We need to talk. I don't have insurance. Do they know I don't have insurance? Don't worry, I covered the bill. I take a sigh of relief. But listen, um, I don't think things are gonna work out between you and I romantically. <laughs> I start to laugh, then I realize he's serious. Did he think this was a relationship? I, um... 
Well, while you were passed out, I don't know how to put this gently, but, um, you farted. And it was honestly disgusting. Wait, what? I'm disgusting? I'm disgusting because I farted. Don't make this harder than it needs to be, Allie. I just... I just can't look at you the same now. You can smell dirty $5 bills, but you can't handle a fart. They were $100 bills, and I think you know that. You know what? Take the remaining slipper, give me my money, and we'll just call it a day, okay, Greg? Oh, um, this is awkward, but... Your medical bills were 1500 so... I'll cover that and give you the difference, but that's really all I can do here. I wish you would have turned out to be a murderer. Greg slams five $100 bills on my hospital tray, then leaves, taking my shoe with him. As I sit in my hospital bed, wondering if this is what rock bottom feels like, I get a text from Jessica. There's no words, just a link to a Craigslist listing. Craigslist. Shiver. I'm triggered. What the hell is this? I open the listing to see pictures of my stuff. My straightener, my collection of moody poetry, the extensive set of chef-grade pots I never use. Below the pictures, there's a message that reads, Estate cell. My roommate's dead to me. Correction from before. This is rock bottom. I pull out my phone and quickly call Jessica. It goes straight to voicemail. Jessica, it's Allie. Calm down. We can work this out. I have some money now and I can give it to you. Just hold tight. I'll be right there. I jump out of the hospital bed, ripping out my IV. Ouch. Grab my clothes and run towards the exit. A nurse screams that I haven't been discharged, but I ignore her, dashing down the hall, my ass in full view of all the visitors as my hospital gown flaps in the wind. When I hit the elevator, I call an Uber, and within seconds, I'm in the back of some guy named Ryan's car. <sighs> this is for Allie, right? Uh, yeah, ma'am, if you're bleeding, I'm gonna have to... No, I'm not bleeding. Just drive. The fate of my liquor reserve is in your hands, Ryan. All right, lady. Whatever you say he says, turning up the music. It's a silent Uber ride, the only good thing that's happened this week. When we pull up to my apartment 20 minutes later, Jessica's standing on the steps, my shit strewn across the tiny grass area some New Yorkers call a lawn. What the fuck, Jessica? Okay, check the negative energy, Missy. I don't want to have to do yet another sage cleanse at this apartment. Why the fuck are you selling my stuff? Why did you come back to this apartment after I specifically said you couldn't return until you paid me for the apartment damages and Mark for the $500 or a session? What, you didn't think I'd notice that you moved my kombucha? Jesus Christ, she is incredibly type A for someone who bases their life on astrological signs. I had nowhere to go, Jessica. What do you want me to do? Sleep on the streets? No, you can stay here. As soon as I sell enough of your stuff to pay the money you owe us. Mark pops his head out from behind a plant and nods in agreement. Hi, Mark. I have $500. Can you give me a loan for the... My eye catches a stack of books, but something's missing. I start to panic. I don't see it anywhere. Wait, Jessica, what have you sold already? Well, so far someone's bought that awful chair that was in your room, your collection of used Fenty beauty products, which is kind of gross, by the way, and some cookbook. I can feel myself starting to cry. Which cookbook, Jessica? Which fucking cookbook? I don't know, like Christy something? Full-blown tears begin to pour down my face. Chrissy, did you sell my signed copy of Chrissy Teigen's cookbook? I guess. I don't know. I got like $20 for it. I mean, that's 20 less dollars you owe me now. I grab Jessica by the shoulders, shaking her violently. Who bought it? I need to find it. Tell me who bought it. Get off me, dude. I don't know. Some guy. 
What guy? Did he pay cash or card? How can I find him? Oh my God, calm down. I don't know. He said he got cash from some bodega down the street. But before she can finish her sentence, I'm in a full sprint. My ass once again on full display since I haven't had time to change out of my hospital gown. But I don't care. The only two things I do care about in this world are food and witty feminists. I need that book back. That's Stating My Rent Check episode three. Thanks everybody who listened and put up with uh, the hiatus. Um, I'm excited to bring you a new episode every two weeks from now on, so stay tuned.